We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of You're Welcome Radio. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, founder of Coachable. I'm a corporate dropout, recovering people pleaser, turn online entrepreneur, speaker, and self-love junkie. And each week, I bring you a thought or a guest to help you get inspired, stay connected, and slay your fear dragons. So get ready to thank yourself for listening, because you're welcome here. All right, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make a couple of reminders about the Radiant Warrior Mastermind. It is open for enrollment right now, and it is the last time I am going to be teaching and facilitating this mastermind in 2020. So if you want to work with me at a high level for 12 weeks and you're a woman that is ready to go to the next level in her self-discovery, self-healing journey, this is for you. So in this program, really I teach about understanding the brain and uncovering your limiting beliefs We talk about understanding your emotions, how to process, heal, and deal in the area of emotional well-being, how to attract anything that you want, really how to rewire your mind, change your thoughts, what you should do when it comes to self-image, self-doubt, criticism, and judgment, so that you can develop your confidence and overcome imposter syndrome. We're going to talk about goal setting, performance mindset, heal and deal with some past wounding and trauma, deepen your spiritual practices through meditation, visualization, and so much more, including breath work. So if this is something that interests you, applications are opening. I am taking discovery calls with everybody that applies. So if you are interested, there is no harm, no foul in applying, and we can see if you're a perfect fit for this program. Again, it's 12 weeks. You get 12 opportunities to work in a a group coaching setting with an option to upgrade uh, to VIP, which would give you six 90-minute calls directly with me to do all of the integrative embodiment work. So amazing opportunity here that's only available one more time in the year of 2020. So don't let 2020 go to waste. We get started August 13th. So apply today. The link to apply is in the show notes and then on the website as well as all my social media handles. There's also another amazing opportunity, and that is if you want to get coached live on the You're Welcome Radio podcast, you can do it. 
there is a link in the show notes where you can request to be coached live here on the show. And all you have to do is send me some information about who you are and what you could use guidance and help around. And we're going to be doing a whole series of coaching calls so that you guys can get behind the scenes and know exactly what happens in a coaching call with me. If you'd like to take advantage of this rare opportunity, go to the show notes link and request a session today. It's totally free and you'll get to help so many people in the process by sharing your story. All right, with that being said, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, my friends, my You're Welcome Radio family. I hope everybody's having a great Friday. You made it through another week and I hope you have something exciting planned, whether it's backyard barbecue, getting on the river, going on the lake, doing something outdoors where you're not in close quarters with too many people. We are still in a pandemic, so please, if you are around folks, wear your masks and do your part to um, to stop this virus from continuing to circulate here in Georgia and around the world. Um, today, I want to talk about something that's been coming up a lot with my clients lately. I serve, you know, 10 to 15 one-on-one clients every single week. And I know last week I talked to you guys about how I've been leveraging the TikTok platform to increase brand awareness, share my message. And as a result of that, the amount of people who've wanted to work with me has skyrocketed, which is such a blessing. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve more of you uh, that listen to this show and that have found me through different social media platforms so that I can help you navigate this uncertain time in life. And that time, this season that I'm talking about specifically, even though we are in the middle of a health crisis, we are in the middle of so much unrest and uncertainty here in the United States um, and really around the world. You know, I've been serving folks not just here locally, but around the United States. I have clients in California, Florida, Massachusetts, South Carolina, and even had the pleasure of working with a a woman yesterday in Dublin, Ireland. So don't ever underestimate your ability to share your message, your information, your talents with the world and how far that can reach. And the fact that I got to sit down and have a conversation with a woman who is going through a season in her life that is similar to so many, uh, one that I resonate with deeply, and that's what I call your quarter-life crisis. I spoke a little bit about this on my very first episode of this podcast ever because I was smack dab in the middle of my 20-something crisis or my quarter-life crisis. And so I wanted to, to just shed some light on this season uh, because so many of the people that I work with are in the middle of it. And also my audience, you might, you might resonate with this, whether you're going through it yourself, have been there, or you know, maybe it's something to come down the road so you can prepare for it. Um, what I call a, a quarter-life crisis or a 20-something crisis, this is really a time in your life where you've hit a wall and it just seems like life isn't going as planned. I think collectively we're all going through a crisis right now because I don't think anybody anticipated uh, except for the you know the very intelligent medical professionals who saw a pandemic like this happening at some point none of us planned to be 
in lockdown. None of us planned to be having to put off things like graduations and starting back to school and weddings. So we're all in some ways suffering from what my coach calls expectation hangovers. This is when you get your hopes up, you get your expectations up, you get excited about things, and then they don't go as planned. And this happens a lot in our lives and is the cause of so much suffering and heartache when we get thrown a curveball by the universe. And a lot of you, you might be judging yourself as a failure in certain areas or aspects of your life, like your work or your career, your relationships, maybe your finances. This is a season where you're just not as sure-footed as you used to be. The things that you thought you knew, the things that you uh, were so excited about, the things that used to work aren't working the way they used to. And something I want to point out about the quarter-life crisis, you know, crisis, if you look it up, it doesn't necessarily mean catastrophe. It means a crossroads. It's this in-between place that you find yourself where you are no longer a child, You're between who you were as an adolescent and who you're becoming as an adult. It's this season of life in your 20s and even into your 30s where you're detaching from from the ways that you used to be and stepping into a new sense of responsibility, um, new opportunities. And it's just this in-between transition. It's a time in life when a lot of people have questions come up. And the questions that I see most are, who am I, what do I want, and how do I get what I want? That's how I know when a client of mine is in the midst of their quarter-life crisis because they're struggling and grappling with their identity. They're not sure on who who they want to be or what they want out of life because what they thought they wanted might not be satisfying them. And now they want to reroute, figure out what it is they really want, and then how to get what they want. So I want to answer a couple questions here. And why does anyone experience a quarter-life crisis? Um, There's a couple reasons, okay? So the first being there are totally unrealistic expectations that are placed on 20-somethings. Seriously. I mean, by the time you graduate college, you're supposed to know exactly what you want to do with the rest of your life. You're supposed to know at 18 going into college what you want to major in and what you want to do with the rest of your life. And I think it's just an absurd expectation that we put on young people today. I struggled with this myself when I was in college. And we start to buy into this idea that we need to do things in life in a certain order. We need to know what we want to do with the rest of our lives. We need to be married at a certain age, have kids by a certain age, hit a certain, you know, adult milestones, like making certain amounts of money. And we feel this like unbelievable pressure to be, do, and have it all. It's one of the main things that fuels the quarter-life crisis because we're all in this panic and in a race, like racing to the finish line to figure out our lives. I can't tell you how many times I sit down to the client and they're just like, I need to get my shit together. I need to, I just feel like I should be further ahead further along. I can't believe I'm still dealing with this. Why am I still, you know, thinking about this breakup that happened over two years ago? I can't move on. And this idea of how and where they thought they would be in life and where they are today. And there's um, just this unbelievable pressure to have it all figured out. Another reason that I see that this happens 
Research has shown us that our brain doesn't even fully form until around 30. So in our 20s, we're still so dominated by the right hemisphere of the brain, which is all about emotion. So no wonder if you're struggling to make rational, logical decisions, this might be why you feel like you're having trouble making those decisions or choices in your life during this time, because it's a lot it's like due to the fact in some ways that your brain is still forming. So give yourself some grace and some time. This too shall pass. Have that written on my, um, on my shoulder blade. And I got that tattoo when I was in the midst of my quarter life crisis. I needed to remember that this too shall pass, that I won't always feel this lost. I won't always feel this confused. And that just reassures me, even today, um, when I'm going through hard things. The third thing I think that contributes most to your quarter-life crisis is the the psychological issues that we dealt with in childhood or in adolescence, they start to come up in your 20s. So not only are you trying to deal with the life that you're living now, you're unconsciously trying to deal and heal the life in the crisis that you were living before. So emotionally, it can be really confusing, consuming your time and your energy. So you might feel drained. You might feel exhausted. You might feel like you've just got so much going on, even though you don't have as many responsibilities as some other people, and then you're judging yourself. But you don't know why you feel like you just can't uh, get it together. You can't get motivated. So here's the good news, you guys. (laughs) Your 20s are presenting you with such a great opportunity for transformation. And it's it's like a doorway into so much personal growth that you can walk through right now. If you're feeling like you're at a crossroads in your life, I don't care if you're 20s or you're not, you're at a doorway into growth, into evolve, evolving into the next version of your highest self. And there's so much you can learn about yourself before you have kids, before you have spouses, mortgages, aging parents, businesses that you have to uphold. If you are listening to this before you have all those things, get excited about your 20-something crisis because it's not a disease to be cured. It's a normal occurrence. And the opportunity to walk through that doorway and start to transform your experience is right now. And I tell this to my clients all the time who are really struggling in the face of certain decisions, really dealing with their fear of uncertainty, of taking new risks, of honoring their truth, of learning to trust themselves. Aren't you glad that you figured it out now? That like, aren't you glad that you realized that job wasn't fulfilling you now? Aren't you glad you realized that guy wasn't for you now? before you spent 20 years together, before you committed the next 10 years trying to make partner and losing so much sleep, not having a social life, working 14 hours a day to just to figure out that you hate it? Aren't you glad you figured it out now? So there's so much opportunity for growth and transformation in this season. Do you have a core life crisis? I sure as hell did. Boy, did I. I did, I did, I did. And I am going to share a little bit about that with you. It really started, I think, 
when I went to college, I was in a weird season. My sister had just been diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. She was a senior in college. I was a senior uh, in high school going into college, a big time of transition for anybody, uh, moving out on my own for the first time, kind of spreading my wings outside of the house, trying to start these, um, you know, getting curious about who I am, what do I like, what do I want to do, and having to pick a degree. You know, I had always been multi-passionate. I didn't have just a laser focus on one career path that I just knew was for me, unlike some people. Blessings to you who just pop out of the womb knowing what you're going to do. That was not your girl. And then I, so I struggled in college to kind of see where I landed. I started trying to, um, I wanted to get my degree in photography. I had my own photography business at the time. Uh, I then had a horrible experience in one single film class and was like, nope, not for me. This was traumatic. I almost got locked in a dark room (laughs) by myself. I'm out. But also my family and I were personally struggling with so much, um, so much chaos with my sister's illness. And there wasn't that much attention on me. Honestly, we were all so focused on Anna's well-being and her health and recovery. And so I was kind of left to my own devices to figure out what to do. And I was looking to my friends. I was looking to society, church, culture, anybody to tell me where I fit and what to do with my life. And I literally asked a friend, like, what do you, what degree are you getting? And she told me social work. So I said, okay, I'll do that. We can have classes together and hang out and study. And she was like, yeah, it's interesting and it's easy. So sign me up. And that's literally how some of us make our decisions about our life and about the career path and the person that we're going to be with. We ask our friends, hey, what are you going to do? What do you think I should do? And then we say, okay, I'll do that. And that was my experience in college. And fortunately, I learned a lot in that degree uh, that is useful to me today in the work that I do. But it just goes to show that very early on in my 20s, I was seeking to understand where I fit. And I didn't ask myself. I started to ask and look at people outside of me for those answers. And then this uncertainty started to hit my relationships and my career as I continued to go through my 20s. I'd always been addicted to achieving. With that, you know, I was also desperately insecure um, as I wasn't confident in specific areas. I was really confident when I was playing sports growing up. I was really confident in school and my ability to get grades. But in in who I really was, I was seeking and I was trying to figure that out and I was insecure. And so the way I compensated for that was that I thought I needed to do, 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 do. And I thought I needed to be very successful at a very young age because that's how I thought I'd get my self-worth. I learned that I got praised for doing well at a young age but now the attention wasn't on me Anna was so ill the only way I also could um, distract myself from all of the fear and anxiety and stress um, and sadness I was experiencing at home was just to do more I numbed with achieving and with my extracurriculars and and so I went to college, I studied, I graduated with honors, I had a 3.9, I eventually was on full scholarship, I had, you know, checked a bunch of boxes there. Uh, and I share that with you only because after college, no one ever asked me what my GPA was, just FYI. 
<laughs> I moved to Dallas uh, after that, after graduating, and I was really like ready to change the world. I was like, you know, on my own. I'm gonna make my own money. I'm super independent. I've been independent my whole life. Like at I think like two and a half years old, I was like ready to go spend the night at a friend's um, with my sister. And I was just ready at that season to become this huge success. This is my chance. Uh, I started out making, in my sales job, which I asked somebody what I should do with my social work degree. (laughs) I knew I didn't want to become a social worker because I heard it didn't pay well. And I already was dealing with my own stuff at at home. It was going to be too heavy. Somebody's like, oh, become, go into sales. You're personable. You like people. And you can be independent, make a lot of money, and you can work from home. Again, asking somebody else what I should do. And I was like, ready to change the world, become this huge success. And I'm making $30,000 a year. (laughs) And uh, I knew within the first few months, it was clear. I was not happy at this company. even on going into the interview, I didn't even know what this company did when I got to the interview. I had no idea. I had was so not interested in legal services. It was beyond me. Um, but I acted like I cared, you know, because I wanted to prove something to myself. I wanted to prove that I could do it. I could get this job. I could make, you know, get a f- full-time job with salary and benefits. <laughs> um, but I knew early on I wasn't happy. Uh, but at this time, you know, I lived... I was really living in the when, like it, when thens. And when thens, I talk to my clients, it's like, when I get the promotion, then I'll be happy. When I get the girl, then I'll be happy. When I get the car, then I'll be happy. How many of you listening to this are living with when thens? What are you waiting on that you think is going to make you happy? I was in the season, I was always living for the future. And the future came, and I got the promotion, and I got more money, and I got a house, and I got a relationship, and I wasn't happy. I even was willing to put up with emotional and psychological abuse by bosses for four years before leaving the company because I was so desperate for approval. I was so desperate to prove something, that I could do it, I could stick it out, I was strong. And I went on to work for one of the largest companies in our industry. I was hired as the youngest manager. I was overseeing sales training and performance in five countries. I was being sent to London and New York and Chicago every couple weeks. I started making more money than I'd ever made, um, more money than my mom and my dad did in their entire careers combined. More money than my mom and dad ever did in their entire careers combined. You'd think that would boost my ego a little. And it did. This gave my ego a nice fat boost for a bit. And then the new wore off and I was back to being miserable and unhappy. And that's what we do when we don't address the quarter life crisis. We go to the next thing, the next city, the next job, the next person, the next relationship. And then the new wears off. And we wonder, am I ever going to be happy? Is something wrong with me? Am I just not, you know, do I just have crazy expectations? Is it just impossible to actually be fulfilled? These are the questions I would ask myself. And you might be asking yourself if you're listening to this. And I was living in that future I dreamed about. 
And it was not the way I'd imagined it would feel. I was experiencing a massive expectation hangover. The guy that I thought I was going to marry ended up leaving me. And my mom passed away 10 days after my 27th birthday. In between college and the ending of that relationship and my mother passing, so much happened. So much happened. And there were opportunities for me to really pay attention to what do I, who am I? What am I doing? What do I want? But at the time, like many of you, I just kept pushing it down. So how do you know if you're having a quarter life crisis? Well, one, you're having trouble like I was making decisions. That is a big key indicator. When you're thinking about making a big change and you're unsure about it, whether it's in, you know, pivoting your career, trying something new, going back to school, ending a relationship, starting a relationship, making an investment, but you're just unsure. When you have done things a certain way and they just don't seem to be working anymore. If you're experiencing more anxiety, depression, or just overdoing anything, overdoing, drink, over drinking, overeating, overdoing, just to compensate for the angst, this was me. Nothing feels dreadfully wrong, but nothing feels quite right either. The way I explain this is like, it's the onset of like a flu or COVID. I've never had COVID. I don't know what that that's like. I don't ever want to. Um, but if you've ever had the flu or you know you're getting sick, it's like you feel something coming on, but you're not sure what it is. You just don't feel right. That's how I experience this season. And if you're feeling that way, welcome to the club, baby. I was there. Many of us are. But I also want to talk to you about the coping skills that just don't work during the season. And this was one of the biggest things that I leaned on that kept me in this season longer than it had to be, which is I was looking for something outside of myself to make me feel better. I got a new job. I got several new boyfriends. I moved cities. I quit the job. I bought a house. I moved every year for like 10 years. I always needed something new because that's what validated and gave me that good feeling and then it would wear off. So what are you looking for outside of you that when then to make you feel better? When we're in the season, we just want to feel better and we want quick fixes. So what, what is that for you? Also, talking about the same thing over and over again, sitting around talking about your problems with your friends and about it all the time, but you're not doing much about it. You're talking about it, not doing much about it. Another coping strategy in the season, you're more reactive than you are proactive with your life. You're quick to make decisions or you're agonizing for weeks and months on end about one decision. You don't even think, you just do, or you just can't, you're in analysis paralysis. You can't do anything. Not doing anything at all. You're going to outside people for an answer. Your parents, your peers. That was me. And that's why I'm so committed to teaching you how I found my answers inside myself so that you can find them for yourself 
And so you can be sure that the direction that you're headed in is what you want and not what someone else wants for you. Another question I get a lot is, should I talk to this uh, to my friends and family about this? And I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, share. It's important to share what you're experiencing, but not just going over it again and again and again. So for a lot of 20-something and 30-somethings even, put we put on this mask that it's all good. I've got it together. I've got it figured out. I've got the job. i got a relationship, whatever. But inside, you're experiencing turmoil. And if you like to sweep things under the rug, if you like to look good and like you know what you're talking about and you got it together, this is an indicator you should probably talk about it with other people and not keep it inside. On the other hand, if you're someone who likes to sit around and just talk and talk and talk about your problems all day long and not do much about it, then my encouragement to you is going to be to do things about your problems instead of sitting around and talking about them. So this is, it's dependent on the person. If this is you, I want you to make a pact with your friends and ask for accountability. I want you to tell your friends, if you hear me talking about this again, this guy again, if you want, if you hear me talking about how mad I am about this situation again, without committing to one proactive action step, please stop me because I don't want to just be a storyteller anymore. I just don't want to wallow in the problems anymore. So that's for your friends. Family, again, the answer is going to be yes and no. If Whether you should share about, you know, this internal conflict that you have going on. Family are great. They are so, so great. They are also going to look at you through the, with the perception and through the lens they've always looked at us through as their children. And so they can be incredibly supportive. And they can also be incredibly judgmental as well. And let's face it, like that's what families do. So if you come from a family where you think that your consideration of making a, a career change or that you just got out of law school and now you're, you know, thinking that was not the best investment and that now you know you want to do something else and you're scared to tell people um, about, because of what that might mean or you're scared to, you know, break up with somebody who's so close with your family. You don't want your parents to disappoint, be disappointed or think you're making the wrong decision and they're judging that, that decision of yours. Just know um, they can be incredibly supportive and judgmental and that's, you know, be careful around that. So think about how much you want to share with your family and just filter the information and the feedback that you're getting because your 20s are your time to define you independent of your family and even your friends. Another question, does it does the quarter life crisis have to happen in my 20s? No, <laughs> there's no timeline on it. For me, um, it really didn't hit till my late 20s. I could have definitely gone through this in my early 20s, but I um, distracted and numbed and coped, um, which was not helpful. And it probably caused me, it did cause me years of staying um, stuck psychologically, emotionally, um, not doing the work to heal some of those wounds and actually address uh, the problems and get clear on who I was and what I wanted. But it doesn't have to happen in your 20s. This, if you, you can just bulldoze your way through your 20s working, doing, 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 and find yourself in your 30s and be like, oh, oh, okay. Now I just had a second to breathe. And now I'm like not sure if everything I did in my 20s was what I wanted or was worth it. <laughs> 
So it, there's no limit of when this can come. Another question I get, how to overcome it? You know, and this is so key. It boils down to one thing, really. And I tell this to my clients all the time. You can't go around it. You got to go through it. You got to go through it. You got to look at the beliefs that you're carrying around. You got to look at the stories. You got to look at the stuff. You got to get clear on your expectations. And after my clients work with me for a while, they start to forget that they were even in like a quarter life crisis or 20 something crisis because they start to get the learnings. They start to see the lessons. They start to feel better about themselves. And because they are answering the most important question of all, which is who am I? Who am I? Too often we really think that overcoming a quarter life crisis starts with the question, how do I get what I want? But truthfully, that is so backwards and we have to start with who am I really? And that's what I'm committed to helping you guys figure out. So if this resonates with you, if this is like, oh, Tori, that's me. I am in this gray minutia of 20-somethings, of 30-somethings. I'm not sure what I want, who really I am. I've always been looking for my parents or my friends to tell me what to do, who to be. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. What can I do? How do I get out of this? How do I go through it and not prolong this season so that I can get clear and I can start my life um, and start to feel better in my life every single day? So I'm going to be hosting a Conquering Your Quarter Life Crisis Masterclass August 1st, Saturday, August 1st from 2 to 4 p.m. I want you to register for this. It is going, I'm going to share with you exactly how you can start to connect the dots around who you are, what you want, and how to get what you want. I'm going to be taking you guys through exercises, helping you to learn to connect with the parts of you that know the answers, that have always had the answers locked inside, but you didn't know how to access them, and you didn't um, know how to actually hear them, how to start training yourself to trust the things that you've always known. Because more than likely, the answers that you're, not more than likely, the answers that you're seeking, you already have. And most of us, a lot of us already know the answer. We're just scared to admit it. So register for the Conquering Your Quarter Life Crisis Masterclass. There's a link in the bio or in the show notes here. Also on my social medias, on Instagram, um, on the website, ToriGordon.com, on my TikTok at CoachToriGordon. Anywhere you can find my links, there's going to be a a link to register. There's also in this masterclass, I'm going to be doing an hour of hot seat coaching. So if you want to get coached directly by me, come. This is your opportunity to start working through some of these things. If you just keep feeling like you're at a a roadblock, you keep hitting that brick wall, let's start to dive into that. Um, And I'm going to be coaching folks live in the second portion of this masterclass. You guys, you're not alone. If this is how you're feeling, and I have good news that this too shall pass. But for me, when I was really in the season, I needed help. I needed a facilitator to start asking me the questions that I didn't know to ask myself. I didn't know how to access these answers. I didn't know how to start getting the clarity that was available to me. And I listened to the podcast. I read the books. And then I hired my first coach. And so this is an opportunity at a really um, low, you know, low cost point for folks to come spend some time learning uh, about how to navigate the season, but just more about who you are, who you are, 
what you want, how to get what you want. Because isn't that what we all want in life? We want to know who we are. We want to be secure in that. We want to be grounded and centered in that. And then we want to actually know that all the hard work, all the effort, all the striving isn't just for nothing. It's actually going towards moving the needle towards something that we truly desire that's aligned with our values, aligned with the life that we want to design for ourselves and not someone else's version of that. So I hope to see you guys August 1st. If you can't join us live, that's okay. That's okay. There will be a full recording that you can um, that you can get. So go ahead and sign up even if you can't be there for the full time or jo- uh, join us on Saturday. You can still get access to the recording and get this information. So say yes. You know, if you're ready to get unstuck, this is a chance. This is a chance to to do that. I love all of you. I appreciate every single one of you who connects with me, who sends me a DM, who shares this podcast. There have been thousands and thousands of new downloads just in the past several weeks since the TikTok community family has been coming over to the uh, podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing this information. Thank you every time you share uh, a video or uh, an episode with somebody that you care about. If it's touched you, you can be a hero in someone's life when you do that. If it's touched you, don't, don't hoard that stuff. Don't hoard that information, that knowledge. Share it with somebody um, because we all need it. We need needed to pick up the breadcrumbs. Uh, I needed people to speak into my life. I needed people to to you know share the stuff that had helped them because it helped me. And I just encourage you if this this podcast is serving you. Um, this is all I do. My life, my work is committed to helping you guys on your journey of self-discovery, of uh, self-love, and to connect to the deepest places and parts of who you are. And, you know, I appreciate everyone that is is part of this community. If you want to and you feel led to, please leave a comment. Please, um, please subscribe. Please leave a review. This helps me more than you know, and it touches me at the bottom of my heart when I can hear and read the comments from you guys and how it's helped you and what um, what things you take away. Share it with you uh, with your social media followers. I would love to connect with you. I would love to you to DM me. Um, there's so many ways that you can continue to work with me. Um, get started with the Conquering Your Quarter Life Crisis Masterclass, but you can find so much more information on the website, torygordon.com, as well as all my social media handles. And I'm at Coach Tori Gordon anywhere that you are online. So thank you guys. I love you. You're not alone. You don't have to stay where you're at. There are better days ahead. The best is yet to come. All right? Keep your head up, and I hope to see you Saturday. And uh, till then, you're welcome. Thank you.